Hey, all Double G here from Fight Game Media. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to our good friend and 100th Patreon subscriber, Lee Shalom. He is at Supa Saya Jin Lee on Twitter. Who's going to be 101? Who's going to be 125? Who's going to be number 500? Hopefully, it is one of you listening today. You can always subscribe. Just go to patreon.com front slash fight game media. Now onto the show. And boom goes the dynamite. It is Monday night, and you know what that means. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Boomhausen. I'm your host, James McDaniel. I'm here with my co-host, Kevin Ely. Kevin, how are you doing this evening? Uh, very nice, very evil. Man, I could not be more excited. We've been we've been promoting our promo show for a while here, and I, let me let, let's just be honest. We were just going to talk about Danhausen for like three hours, and now <laughs> Danhausen has arrived. He has been pulled forcefully from underneath the ring by Adam Cole. How excited are you about this? Are you excited? Like, yeah. do you think this is a pro, a con? Where are you? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle on Danhausen. I'm thumbs up. I'm a huge Danhausen fan. I really, yeah. really enjoy just everything that guy does. Uh, I gotta admit, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous that he's actually here because now <laughs> it's like you can talk hypotheticals all day and have fun and what you do with them, but now he's actually there and they're actually going to do something with him. And this could go really great or it could go really bad. Absolutely. And I don't know where it's going to go. You know, I have high hopes, and I know AEW can make magic happen with Danhausen, but they like we have seen them drop the ball on characters before. I am, I think, probably about as big a Danhausen fan as you can get, but I don't think Danhausen should be wrestling um, Chris Judas in main events. <laughs> no. I don't. I think he's somebody who, who should be used kind of on the periphery of, of AEW. I think he's a guy who can pop up and kind of wreak havoc. I describe him very often as like a, a lighthearted Loki character, like a guy who who pops up, creates mischief, yes, and imp. scurries off. Yes, an imp, exactly. And I hope he gets used in that way. I'm not saying I don't want to see him a lot. I want to see him all the time. And let's be honest, Kevin. Do you think there's even a 1% chance that we don't see him just creep up behind Darby Allen and Sting at some point? <laughs> that has to happen. That's I what think, I'm hoping. I think that's going to be one of, probably one of the first things they do. Um, but I'm, I'm excited he's here. I am, we're still going to talk about him for about three hours on the bonus podcast, which is coming up this coming Thursday or, or Friday, the last – the on the Thursday or Friday, the last the first week of February, we're gonna be doing our bonus show. We're gonna be going over um it's kind of a state of AEW, where they are, where we think they should go. We're gonna talk about all the free agents who we think they should bring in, all the people we think they should cut. And um I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. That's gonna be available for subscribers to the Patreon, to the Fight Game Media Patreon. You can find that at patreon.com slash fight game media. We're gonna be doing special shows like this once a month. So I hope you will subscribe, tune in. It's only five dollars. Pocket change, people. Pocket change. I'm a subscriber. Kevin's a subscriber. It's one way you can help support the show and support everybody at fightgamemedia.com. Kevin, I think you can probably do an even better job of me than uh, uh, subscribing our bonus show because you, you sir, 
are much more professional. I'm just a garbage person <laughs> sitting over here in the swamps of South Louisiana. We're just all making this up as we go along. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm really excited about this show because, uh, you know, we've been planning on doing it for a while, but we had some friends jump up and do a bonus show with us in January on kind of a year interview. And there are a lot of guys that we wanted to talk about, like Brody King. He's an AEW. Dan Housen, he's an AEW. And there's no way this is the end of it. But um, one little tease I'm going to put out, it's something I saw this week online that I really enjoyed from somebody um, discussing the Dan Housen signing because a lot of people love it. I'll, I'll say this, Fight Game Media, I thought it was going to be split, but mm-hmm. there was a poll on the Fight Game Media Facebook. There was no split. It was like, I don't know, 38 thumbs up, like I don't know, 18, 19 thumbs in the middle and only one thumbs down from somebody I'd apparently blocked anyway. I couldn't <laughs> see their name. So that shows you I'm, I'm making good choices in life. Yep. But I think I saw on Twitter somebody said about the signing, they're like, look, I really want Johnny Gargano to come in. Mm-hmm. They're like, but when he is signed, he will be one of like seven Johnny Garganos. Yep. But Danhausen is the only Danhausen. And that's what's exciting is that AEW has brought in somebody who is unique. And it's kind of like back in the day people talked about, oh, so-and-so is trying to be the new Cactus Jack. Well, you only need one Cactus Jack, and there's really only room for one Cactus Jack, you know, unless you're going to decide to bring in Dude Love and uh, Mankind as well. But there's only one Dan House, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I love that he's already kind of aligned with Orange Cassidy, Mm -hmm. who is, you have to consider maybe the most similar character. Yeah, to him in AEW. So yeah, it's, a, uh, it's a it's an interesting template because that's that's what really struck me about him where he debuted in the Orange Cassidy match because yeah. he had Orange Cassidy who before coming to uh, AEW and getting signed a national scale was essentially considered a comedy wrestler. Yeah, purely and, a comedy act. Yeah, totally comedy act gimmick, ironic, whatever you want to use to call it. Uh, and people, when when they signed him, were like, "Great, what is he going to just be distracting? What's he going to do with it?" Yeah, this guy's been in multiple main events. He's been in multiple world title matches. He's over, man. And he's main eventing re- their national television show on TBS in a lights out match against Adam Cole, one of the biggest superstars in the company. And we don't even think about that anymore. Yeah. And so to see Danhausen pull in, who's kind of like, you know, Orange Cassidy from 2018, yeah, uh, show up. It made me think, wow. Th- I mean. Who knows what they could do with this guy? I'm not expecting him, like you said, to become like a main event player or any of that kind of thing. But if they did it, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I think they could do it if they, especially if they give it the Orange Cassidy treatment, which is he's a comedy. He like he does comedy things in his promos, and he starts out matches doing comedic things. But then when the matches really get going, he really gets going. And lately, he's overcome his biggest weakness, which is uh. What does Taz call it again? The the yam bag. The yam bag, which is repeatedly <laughs> getting yam bagged in almost every match. Yeah. Um. This week on Dynamite, in the main event, of course, he ended up having a steel cup. Which listen, everybody's calling this a steel cup. I I need to go in. I need to zoom in. I swear to God, this cup was lined with tacks. I believe. I really. Th- I think I it, was it was tack lined uh, cup, not just not just a steel cup. But um, I think you could do that with Danhausen. Danhausen is a similar size to Orange Cassidy, maybe even an inch taller. He, I believe, can wrestle. I think he can work. Um, I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. If you look at some of his older stuff, I think the question exactly. is, what does he want to do? 
yeah. right now. Does he want to be that good of a wrestler or does he want to stay more of a personality? And also he's getting over a majorly broken leg. Yeah, so exactly. He might not he, be the same he was even before. And he probably shouldn't jump right into wrestling. At least I hope yeah. he doesn't. Like, he's a guy I would love. Like, give him a Piper's Pit type segment. Mm-hmm. I'd love things like that with Dan Housen. He's a ridiculous human being in the best possible way. Yeah. And I like how we, we're, we're, we're talking half Dan Housen right now and half Dynamite, which there were great bookend matches on Dynamite with mm-hmm. some okay stuff in between. What was your favorite match out of the of the show on Wednesday night? Oh, had to be the ladder match. The ladder match. Yeah. The ladder I'm not match even was a great. Ladder match fan. Yeah, that it was a really great match. It was absolutely phenomenal. I liked the main, but you can't you can't say it was overall better. I think the only real negative I saw in the main event was uh, Orange Cassidy holding Adam Cole to make that jump at the end, yeah. and Adam Cole wriggling his body as if he yes. was incredibly cold. That's that looked nice. terrible. That was, that was awful. The whole, like the whole, there was no squeeze involved. You could tell there's no squeeze in the hug. Adam Cole was just wriggling his body, not trying to escape at all. Yeah. But uh, it led to a good move that, that to end the match. Um, a, a, a fun, like almost fully vertical uh, count by the referee. Yep. <laughs> but those were two really good matches. I, I I liked them a lot. Do you think this is the total blow off for Cody Sammy? Do you think Cody moves on from this now? Sammy is now the second two time AEW TNT champion. <coughs> and I think he's a he think he's a worthy guy. I, I yeah. I love that these two started off. The first episode of Dynamite, I'll never forget it, watching it on a plane, and here we've had this build to where now Cody has fully established Sammy as a legit as legit championship material. Yeah, totally, and it felt like one of those coronation matches, like it was one of the big breakthrough matches that you would look back on in the highlight career of, of that guy. Um, I've, you know, some people are kind of hem hawing about whether or not Cody should have even won the title in the first place, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. It didn't bother me too much. I know it led to this. Yeah. They're just trying to, I mean, you know, they're, they were trying to create some intrigue when they moved to TNT and did the battle of the belt special yeah. and they, you know, it may have been a network call. I don't know, but you know, Cody's a big star. It did bring Cody back to relevance. I felt like it did. He was kind of messing around. He was fading. Feuds, right? He was fading. <laughs> He was literally lighting himself on fire to get attention. So, <laughs> so this got him back into the into the picture. And I don't know what Cody's doing next. You know, it There's, seems like he's seems like he's just, you know, just living life, walking the earth as Cody, just living life, man, and just trolling people like Kwai Chang Kang, man. <laughs> That's right from the old kung fu show. Yeah. So I I know I've brought this up on the show before, and it won't be the last time I bring it up. But one of the most frustrating negatives I hear about Cody Rhodes and I've heard it for over a year and it's excuse my French here. It's bullshit is that Cody buries everybody that Cody is the triple H of AEW. almost every time anyone thinks Cody, Oh, Cody's taking the title for himself. He does it to build someone up. He has built so many guys. He's built up MJF. He's built Darby Allen. He's built Sammy Guevara. Um, right. There's three of your four, Three of your four pillars have been built to where they are by Cody Rhodes. Yeah. And if you go look at his pay-per-view win-loss record, it is atrocious. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. He puts people over on pay-per-views, not even mentioning major matches like this on free TV. Mm-hmm. And for all the like for all the negatives I've felt towards Cody um, since the Anthony Agogo thing, I still think he 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 did what he could to build Anthony Agogo, and it would have been ridiculous for Anthony Agogo to have beaten Cody Rhodes and just all of a sudden be right. in the upper echelon. He's not there yet. He wasn't ready for that. Where these other three guys I've mentioned absolutely have been. Something think, else. Go ahead. I think Cody. I think people. Uh, I think people confuse putting people over or, or burying people with being the center of attention. And I think, yeah, I think Cody absolutely does make himself the center of attention of just about everything he's in. Yeah. But when you look at, he should be. That's different, right? But that's that's one of the reasons he can make people. Yeah. Is because he carries himself like a huge star, and I'm one of the people who gets most annoyed with that obnoxious entrance but you know it's part of of what makes him who he is yeah and part of what makes him the ability to make a match like that like we saw tonight and And he's good yeah (laughs) this just popped into my head right here as we're talking it hit me that that whole thing early on where he got banned from ever wrestling for the world title again yeah is what's put him in the position to build up these guys at the TNT title level because you'd have to think he would probably have been in a number of title feuds, title matches, whether he'd won or not by now, if not for that stipulation, which it's going to be really interesting to see if that is ever overturned. Um, Moving forward here, one of the things I liked the most about this show is one of the things I think everybody else hated, and I'm really interested to see if you're one of the people that didn't like it. Mm. That's the Britt Baker promo. Oh, yeah. I Like, did, did it go anywhere? No. Britt Baker's a star. She's a huge star. Mm-hmm. She's a huge heel. She came out wearing my favorite Britt Baker gear. I think yeah. it's the best looking gear she has, her Steelers gear. Yep. She came out with the Brittberg towel. Mm-hmm. She buried Cleveland for, I don't know, mm-hmm. five, six minutes. And it was great. And it didn't need to build anything. It was a star on TV being a star. And I really enjoyed it. I I did, too. I I get both sides of it. Well, for one thing, should it have should it have built towards something? I, absolutely, I, absolutely. I, as as an Oklahoma boy who grew up rooting against Oklahoma University, I mm-hmm. appreciated all her uh, slams on Baker Mayfield. <laughs> uh, when she was talking about you finally have a Baker that can win, I loved that I like, so I much. That uh, it was great lines. There there were a couple of things that I had issues with, which was um, one, uh, you know, when you when you do a lot of sports insults like that and, 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 and bag on the hometown for their sports teams and stuff, you run the risk of the crowd getting more into the sports than the person doing the promo. Mm-hmm. And I think she like teetered right on that line. Okay. And when they started chanting, I don't remember some of the chants they did, but when they were more chanting about, uh, about Pittsburgh or something like that. Right. She had an opportunity to make it back, like call attention back to herself just by doing something simple. Like I'm speaking, I'm speaking, you know, like yeah. kind of the Ricky Guerrero thing. That's Again, exactly what I read that again. as. Yeah. And, and instead she kind of did the classic example of the indie workers got to get their crap in, you know, like mm-hmm. she just kept going through the, through her lines and it wasn't bad. It was good. It was well delivered. Yeah. But there was a certain point where her and the crowd were doing different things, right? And I think she, I think if, if as she gets more experience, you know, five years from now, I think that'd be something she'd take advantage of. 
um, you know, something that punk can do really well is really play off the, the face right. or even MJF, you know, the other that's thing a great, was, yeah, that's a great read right there. I just wanted to say that's a really good read because as great as Britt Baker is, she's still young. She's yeah. still like, she is not, I don't want to say she's green, but all the green has not been worked out of her. And that's a good example right there of right. no matter how good she is now, she still has room to grow. And that's exciting as a fan. Yeah. It's kind of the verbal example, the verbal version of, um, calling it in the ring you know yeah they talk about people who can work a good match and then people who can like adjust on the fly <clears throat> excuse me absolutely um the other thing was like you said it didn't really build anything it was just a character promo yeah they had the perfect opportunity she had those pwi awards laid out which i'm a sucker for anytime you bring out oh the, yeah the wrestling illustrated awards i wish that you could add bill after or somewhere Half- there Half the promo, I'm just like reading the magazine covers and seeing like if I'm missing anything. I, know. I like how Bill- they had like part of it blocked out because it probably had like a WWE thing. <laughs> I didn't even think about that being why like, yellow tape over part of it. Man, Bill Apter presenting those to her would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's something they looked in to make it happen. I don't know how old Bill Apter is now because I, I don't think don't he was I, a young man when I was. If he's still going. Like when I was like I was I don't think he was a young man when I was like twelve and obsessing over all those magazines. Right. But he might have been one of those guys who looked like he was forty when he was twenty and then fifty when he was seventy, you know. Yeah. I roomed with a guy in college who looked like he was forty five and he still looks exactly <laughs> like he's forty five now that he's like forty five. Yeah. So they had the awards out and the awards that she won were um, I think a women wrestler of the year, mm-hmm. uh most improved, and then match of the year for her Thunder Rosa match. And I thought, well, obviously this is gonna lead to her praising herself for all this, and then Thunder Rosa coming out and say, "Hey, wait a minute! It takes two to have match of the year." Yeah, and I and it's been too long since we've done it. Let's do it again. But I don't, I don't know. I guess they're just not going that way right now. Like, yeah, like they're clearly intentionally sidetracking Thunder Rosa with the Mercedes Martinez match mm-hmm. that they they announced for next week, and i don't think that match is probably going to end the feud yeah and it makes me wonder who they're sidetracking her for like who is it going to be and right now the closest person to it is chris statlander but they i believe wrestled yeah. at the last pay-per-view and she's track too yeah with some nonsense in my opinion <laughs> absolute nonsense but that yeah we've got a pay-per-view coming up in is it march about a month from now, yeah. March About a month six, from now, four or five weeks, and we don't have many matches set up at all. Very few. And so they've got to make something start happening here real soon. Mm-hmm. They clearly, I think, are about to. I think that's why you put Britt on TV to keep her in everybody's consciousness, mm-hmm. but probably because you're going to start something in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. But no clue what it is. I'm, I'm excited to find out. Another interesting thing is that there was no Rebel and no Jamie. She, Ooh, yeah. Been, she hasn't been seen with them since they started doing the um, the super click with her actually admitting, you know, them being together with Adam. Clark. Right. So I'm wondering, like, is that intentional or do they just not bring them in for a week or two? And it just seemed that way. Yeah. And it's well, it's kind of a similar thing. Again, like I, this isn't that similar, but it's kind of a similar thing to what's been going on with Chris Statlander with the multiple things going on. But it mm-hmm. seems like. They're not going to move her away for good, of course, until we got get Jamie Hayter turning. But we haven't even seen Jamie Hayter, so that's really interesting. You're right. I don't think we've seen Jamie in two or three weeks, maybe. Maybe yeah, three weeks. Like it. Maybe. It's too long. Yeah. A little too long. 
Is there anything else we really need to talk about from Dynamite itself? Let me see, real quick. Let me look over this list here. Well, there was the uh, six man with uh, the inner circle versus and, 2.0 and Garcia. And that was good. And of course, they were trying to keep Chris Jericho out of the match. And then he mm-hmm. comes out and helps him win the match with the Judas effect. There wasn't, I don't, I like, I mean, there's clearly things to talk about there, mm-hmm. but. I'm not that interested in talking about him. Like, I'm not like, I feel like we should have gotten somewhere by now with this. Right. And and with Eddie Kingston, not even being involved at all this week. I don't think we saw Eddie Kingston on TV this week. Um, I think he got hurt. I think his knee is hurt. So he may, they may be like trying to maybe, uh, you know, spin their wheels a little bit and give them some time to come back before they move it forward. But right. I wonder if they're also kind of feeling it out to see who they want to turn. It seems clear. Somebody's going to turn on somebody. Right. And yeah. My preference would be that Jericho goes back to being a heel because he's kind of boring now. I can absolutely see that. Yeah. Jericho has not been Jericho lately. I would really like to see, I want to see Santana and Ortiz leave him and maybe turn him heel mm-hmm. that way because I want to see them off on their own, at least for a little while. I'd like to see them in the title picture. I wouldn't mind seeing them take the belts off Jurassic Express, who, while a solid world tag team champion, Solid World Tag Team Champions, they feel like they're not going to be long-time tag team champions. Um, what else do we have? Like that was a, that was good. I enjoyed that. I loved. Listen, I didn't love this for the right reasons. I loved Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs on Beach Break, <laughs> live from the snow-covered beach, covered in fur, in Cleveland, Ohio. In the middle of January. Yeah. Good Lord, was that great? <laughs> a tiny bit. There was a tiny bit in that at the end of it when uh, um, <clears throat> Tony Schiavone uh, at the very end goes, my fingers are stuck to my microphone. And Will Hobbs just goes, so? <laughs> I loved everything about that. It's something yeah. you brought up last week, and I kind of like my mind didn't catch on to it until after you'd said it, which was Beach Break is in Cleveland, Ohio, in the right. middle of January. Yeah. It was completely ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Oh, and then of course the last thing um, that you just reminded me of, which was CM Punk, MJF, Punk cuts a promo. The entire pinnacle comes out, beats him down. CM Punk with no friends. I could have sworn he had some friends. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't remember who was Dante Martin, but no friends anymore. No. Uh, and he just got beat down. What yeah. were your thoughts on this? I liked it. I like how Punk came out dressed to fight. Pointed yeah. out the fact that he was wearing the Long Boys. <laughs> I love the Long there. Boys comment. That yeah. was great. Uh, MJF, they did. They they're still finding new ways to dig into their backstory, and um, you know, kind of be shooty shooty on each other. And yeah, you know, I liked. I like. I, it was. A, I was like, a, this is a little bit of a deep cut, but I but I thought they explained it well because I couldn't remember. So and and it 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 did help me draw me in that uh, MJF started bringing up that Cleveland was the place where Punk quit wrestling. That oh, he, that he was, and I had no here. clue. Yeah, I had no I didn't clue know either. And that he had, uh, a, they only mentioned that he walked out on a show. Yeah, and, you know, and no showed the Cleveland fans. And I thought that was a great way to kind of play the crowd, you know, and see how they feel about it and stuff. Um, and apparently that was, I think he did. I think it was like a night where he did a pay per view, and then the next mm-hmm. night was Raw, and he walked out in between. So he actually appeared for them. Okay in Cleveland one night and then was gone the next. 
AEW uh, is absolutely phenomenal at this, and it yeah. makes me wonder if they don't have at least a couple interns or something like that where this is their full-time job yeah. is going back and finding out what happened in this building historically, mm-hmm. what's happened on this date in wrestling history. Yeah, the, They keep pulling things out that I, I had no clue about, and this is just another one of them. Yeah, I think so. I really like that, and I like the building. I think and him doing the... Uh, um, the, the little pipe bomb pose on top of punk at the end. That was great. You know, this thing, you know, I mean, they really built up this feud. Well, it's the, it's the going to be the feud of the year. I'm sure this is going to be the absolute hottest thing. And yeah. it makes me wonder if that this might get, I mean, it seems a little too far off to build this into the pay-per-view, but if anybody can draw this out for another four weeks, it's these guys, I think absolutely. Um, yeah. So what do you think happens on the match? If they're doing the match now, there's no sure, way there's, no there's no not going to be interference, gonna, yeah. right? So, I mean, it could be Wardlow finally yeah. doing something. I don't know. I, I, the past few weeks have shown me that I should trust them yeah. to come up with something good that will necessitate a rematch in a month and that will make sense. I hope so. so, I, I, th- hope so. I, I think, think you're right. It is. I do think you're right on that. Um, I want to do. I want to introduce a quick new segment here. It's going to last five seconds, and that's okay. that should have been on Dark, and that's Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet. <laughs> I don't right. need this on Dynamite. Got, yeah, and there was a match on Dark we could swap for it. If, if you, yeah, I, I exactly. And li- listen, if they take this match out, put in anything else, put in nothing, have just the camera follow around Danhausen backstage for twenty minutes. Right. Um, it's a better show, I think. Yeah. Like, and, that, and that was number one versus number two. We did. We were. We talked about doing the rankings beforehand, and we. Oh yeah, let's let's buy them. Let's do that, and before we move on to talking about Rampage, I don't think okay. we're going to spend long on Rampage. I'll start out with the men's. You know what? I'll start out with the tag team rankings. Okay. Number five, the House of Black. Number four, FTR. Number three, Anthony Bowens, Max Caster, the acclaimed. Number two, the Ass Boys getting their come up. Number yep. one. Don't know how they got here, but Private Party <laughs> and the world champions, Jungle Boy Luch Swords, of course, those two number one contenders of the champions faced off on uh, on Rampage that we're about to talk about. Yep. And then, like we just mentioned in the women's rankings, uh, Anna Jay was number five, Thunder Rosa sitting at number four, Serena Deeb up there at number three, and then number two and number one are Layla Hirsch and Red Velvet. Listen. <laughs> I like AEW. I trust AEW, but you know there's some really good female wrestlers in that locker room who are yeah. pissed off looking at that. <laughs> at Layla Hirsch and Red, not so much Layla. Layla's pretty good despite having baby legs, but Red Velvet is so green, man. Yeah, she's so green, and it really gets under my skin. And then, then we keep having Jade Cargill also, as we see on Dynamite, wrestling the greenest wrestlers yes, when yes. she needs to be become she needs to be working on becoming a non-green wrestler by wrestling mm-hmm. ladies like Thunder Rosa, like Serena Deeb, yeah. not Anna Jay, not Julia Hart, not mm-hmm. not Red Velvet, and but yeah. that's what we seem to get repeatedly. Yeah, and this is where you really see. Look, I'll defend the rankings. I kind of like rankings as a gimmick. I do like the rankings as a gimmick. Thing, the thing that makes it hard is that Tony Khan is a numbers guy, and he seems bound and determined for these numbers to be legit. Yeah. Uh, and he makes it really hard for himself. So he ends up having 
you know, they reset the record at the beginning of the year for some reason. So you only have yeah. to be three and O to be the number one contender yeah. in 2022 at this point. Uh, By and, the way, yeah. there's, there's no way Ty Conti is not at least two or three and O there's no way Ty Conti's not yeah. there. Although she has been on vacation on the beach in Brazil for a while. So I'll give them that. That's true. Yeah. So then we've got the, the men's rankings, number five, powerhouse Hobbs, number four, Andrade El Idolo, who's just throwing around cash. Like it's, it's right. burning a hole in his pocket. Number three, Lance Archer. I've yeah. not seen him in matches. Three. I'm assuming yeah. dark and elevation just three and oh, dark and elevation, which by the way, his overall record of like 43 and nine, I believe is, yeah. is pretty great. Dante Martin, number two at four and oh, number one, Adam Cole at three and oh, as we see, but well, no, his lost Orange Cassidy doesn't count. Doesn't count. Unsanctioned lights out match. And then Sammy Guevara, the TNT champion. Cody Rhodes at the time, also TNT champion. Mm-hmm. And, of course, hangman Adam Page. Um, you know what? Before we move on to Rampage, mm-hmm. did you want to say something here? Well, it's just kind of, you know, the reason that we cover the rankings is because they're, because like we said, Tony Khan puts a lot of thought into him. Kind of a and window so into the future. A little window into the future. So it's interesting to see Dante Martin still way up there. Yeah. And and Andre Lowe, uh, you know, coming up. It, it shows that yeah. there's something coming up with them, which would, you know, Andrade Idolo and Hangman Page at Revolution might be something I'd like to see. I think we need to get a little more heat, and I'm hoping maybe we get that from his current pursuit of of Darby Allen's employer, Sting. That's right. And trying to, of course, hire Darby Allen away from Sting. Um, The Dante Martin thing's really interesting. Of course, they got Lance Archer into the top five to justify this match coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a a quick Hangman Page promo where he was informed there's going to be a Texas death match. (laughs) Is it uh, either? It's next week, right? uh, It's uh, it's it's not this coming Wednesday. It's week after. Okay, that's two weeks. And of course, he he, you could see the shock in his eyes as he discovered this. But he very quickly regained his confidence and let everybody know that wasn't going to hold him back. I enjoyed that. He's a new type of champion. I don't think we've ever had our anxious millennial champion before, but that's what we have. And um, I think it has the potential to be as interesting as the uh, the journey through his emotions, through his weaknesses that got him to the championship. Again, we need to see him on TV more. We got yeah. we got Sammy Guevara more than once. Mm-hmm. We need to have the world champion on TV mm-hmm. more than once. Um, I'm hoping he, we get there. He needs that extended feud again. You know, I yeah. Think, you know, with they're they're kind of doing with him kind of the Sammy Cody thing. It's a couple of matches and then onward. Yeah. And and I think instead of that, you know, I think whatever he does next, whether it's Adam Cole or. Um, or even Idolo or yeah. uh, someone like that, it needs to be somebody that they can sink their teeth in and have a little story going. Because yeah. Punk and MJF is the feud of the show, Yep. but the world champ needs to be in something similar to that. Absolutely. And I, and I have to wonder if this isn't – there's time for this, maybe one other feud – before Cody comes back, because I know the goal is for Cody to come back in March. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Omega. Not Omega, Kenny Omega, yeah, Kenny Omega. And um, and I can't, like, if they, maybe they knock this out soon and we get one more big feud before Kenny Omega comes back. Mm-hmm. I really hope we get a Moxley feud at some point. I would love to see that at the uh, at the pay-per-view, but we haven't seen any any Moxley versus any, any intentions from Moxley yet at coming after uh, Hangman Page at least so far. Um, well, that leads into Rampage because we saw a little yeah. bit of Moxley's future at the end of his match. 
Yeah, we had so we had we had John Moxley versus Anthony Bowens. This match was longer than most people wanted. Mm-hmm. I believe it clocked in around 17 minutes. I could be off by a few minutes there. Um, it was a good match. And one of the things I wanted to bring up was I've complained a lot about guys like CM Punk um, taking too long to finish their opponents. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people complaining about this one. Mm-hmm. But this is different than a squash. This 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 isn't a squash match. It never should have been a squash match. This isn't an unnamed guy from from um, Elevation, and it's also not a Lee Moriarty. Um, Anthony Bowens is a serious tag team uh, child, like title challenger. Mm-hmm. He's a legit guy. To me, it's kind of like clearly not the exact same, but like back in the day when Ricky Morton was being considered to be the world champion over Ric Flair, he turned that down. Just like years later, Scott Steiner also turned down Mm -hmm. a title win over Ric Flair because he didn't want to leave his brother. Mm -hmm. Um, And it makes me wonder if this isn't the new normal in AEW in establishing that just because you're wrestling some random from a tag team, that that the fact that you're a tag team – you know, a ranked tag team competitor means you're still a good wrestler and it will take John Moxley some time to beat you. And I think that should be a nine or 10 minute match, not a 17 minute match, right. but uh, it was a good match. Anthony Bowens was great. I've loved everything they've been doing lately. And the acclaimed is more over with me than ever. And this just, uh, this just cemented that fact. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think their issues, and we kind of talked a little bit about it last week about their pattern, falling into the pattern of every match spanning across a commercial break. And what that creates yeah. is you've got, you know, a few minutes before the commercial, a few minutes of commercial, and a few minutes mm-hmm. after commercial, and then that yeah. adds up to a long match. And, yeah, that's a good and point. I feel like what they do is they have to either figure, okay, this is either a sub five minute match or a mm-hmm. plus t- 10 minute match. Yeah. And because uh, three minutes is going to be commercial, three minutes is going to be commercial and you don't want to come back, you know, come back from commercial. I mean, I don't know. I'd like to see them experiment more with that. Like what if they came back from commercial and they went 45 seconds, you know? Yeah. Uh, And, but then they'd have to figure out what to do after that, you know? Right. So, I, I I think it'd be a challenge. They should they could check out. in with Adam Page is what that's they could right. do. That's, that's exactly what they do. Every time. Let's get his thoughts on the length of the match. Yeah. You know, I thought, well, it was a good match. Here's the thing, though. It was a good match. And Moxley yes. looked good. Moxley looks great. He's just ripped, and he's he he's moving really fast. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like he's... To it. It's almost like he's ready to move into a, into title contention. Almost. Almost. Yeah. Just needs a few more wins here. Yep. Clearly only like one or two more wins. Yeah. Um, you know, I watched this and I enjoyed Rampage. I always enjoy Rampage, even when it's garbage matches. And there were a lot of garbage matches on Rampage this week. Mm-hmm. But the more I think about it, I liked this match. Mm-hmm. I uh, I liked the FTR match. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked uh, the – I mean – really liked i like the main event I'm, I'm not i'm not the biggest private party fan for whatever reason i think early on i didn't like their outfits i didn't like their hair mm-hmm. and their gimmick felt a little weird to me mm-hmm. um but they're great wrestlers they are great wrestlers um who do not get to speak very much uh and and the thing is i think they're not terrible at promos but uh it's clearly more matt hardy that we're gonna get more matt hardy and more christian than yeah. anything out of these out of these two groups but uh, the pre-match promo for this was great because as I, I think I, everybody remembers me pointing out last week, how dare you, sir? I think everybody remembers me pointing out last week. I know you were trying to hide that. And I, I was trying to hit that. the mute button before I, <laughs> I missed it. I apologize. Oh, no worries. But last week, 
I, I loved Luchasaurus throwing in that emphasis on the word apple. Yes. And clearly I wasn't the only one mm-hmm. that marked out over that ridiculous nonsense because this week he did the same thing with the word orange yes. and then it immediately went into his growl. A better growl, I have to say, than Serena Deeb gave on her growl promo <laughs> on Dynamite. Yes. But um, I really enjoyed that. It was just the tiniest thing. A little shout out to the fans who clearly loved it last week. Yes. Um, what was your yeah, take overall on Rampage? Well, we talked like right when we were chatting before we started recording of you, you were talking about how you always enjoy it, but it's definitely a B show. Yeah. There were so many matches on this that established it as a B show, even though when I went back over, there were that's three solid matches, including one with the tag team champions one with Moxley, but it just always feels like a B show. Yeah. But it's, but it's also like the best B show there ever was like no, yeah, because it's consistently easy to watch. They do a good job of getting you excited and then they give you a killer main event or a decent yeah. main event. And then it's over. And it's like, Oh my God, I can go have a Friday night now. Wow. Well, there's hardly any fluff. There's hardly any angles. Yeah. Ever. Uh, they even cut entrances and the FDR, uh, yeah, that, that's, Anderson match. They didn't even have entrances open and thin in the ring. We didn't yeah. even get the killer FTR music. That's true. We did get at the end when they won. Yeah, but, that's true. But dang, you know, that match was good. That was a really good match and I'm really glad it happened. I was, I was worried after it didn't happen last week. Yeah. Lee Johnson. We, we go through these periods of like a month where we'll get a lot of Lee Johnson. Then we don't see him for like five months. Right. And I like the idea of him him and Brock in a tag team because it gives him more opportunity to bring him out. Mm-hmm. Um, Brock keeps getting better. Um, I love, I like, I think there's probably people that probably don't like that he does everything exactly like his dad. Mm-hmm. I like it, especially like the thing I mark out for the most with Brock Anderson is the, the shoulder blocks the shoulder into the blocks corner. In the corner, yeah. Nobody does it like that. No, yeah. I've never seen anybody else in wrestling history even attempt it, and yeah. it always looks so good. It looks so powerful, mm-hmm. and I love it. And uh, I love that like he's so young. In five years, we're gonna have like a basically a legit Arn Anderson 2.0 running around wrecking house. Yeah, and these two guys as a tag team, they're real good, man. Yeah, Brock. Brock, I was so impressed with because he was so much better than the last time we saw him. And, and yeah, a lot of it is just because he's. He's getting. He's being better able to replicate his dad. And yeah, I had this thought when I was watching it. Was, you know, FTR, they're just the best, and they're they're just yeah. traveling the world. They're they are the equivalent of a territory champion, just going territory to territory, having great matches. They had a great match with the Rock and Roll Express, I guess. Last yes, week. yes. I wish um, I could have seen that. I wish I could have seen that too. So, but what made me think was, they're amazing at taking care of people, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this match was was plugged as uh, you know Arn versus Tully. It was FTR talking about how they were really Arn's sons, you know, and yeah. Jericho even made a yeah. joke about how they might really have been because they were <laughs> crazy. Uh, and you know, it was the kind of thing of like we're going to prove to you that we're the better sons than your real son. Yeah, but in and so that was the storyline of the match and they really played it well. But what really happening when you look at it with the layer of backstage or, you know, the real life of these people is the tribute that they played to their hero, Arn Anderson, by making his son look so good. Yeah. By having, uh, by having like, it was like, I, I, I don't know. I just sort of felt like this thing that, but Arn was really honored by had how they went in there and had these like, you know, uh, the great, uh, what would you call it? Uh, like, square offs between uh, Dax and Brock where they, mm-hmm. where they would like, 
they would know each other so well because one is his son and the other one studies him, you know? Yeah. And it was just a cool little storyline that just came out of nowhere. And that's one of the things I like about Rampage is that they can just yeah. do this little match and it doesn't have to be like a big, long storyline or a big, you know, but, yeah. they, but they'll still pay attention to it. I'd love to know if anybody's listening to this, that was there live. I'd like to know how that match uh, shaped up live compared to what we saw, because we all know you can do some a little more, ed- you can do some editing with camera angles and stuff. And I'd like to know, was Brock Anderson actually way better or was it camera angles? Cause I, I, I think he yeah. was actually better mm-hmm. by the way. I'm going to say something very controversial here and I'm going to name the worst worker in this match. Oh. And I don't want to say this. It was Arn Anderson. Yes. His little his little hit on Tully, it yeah. was bad, man. And the thing is, that's weird to me because yeah, he does keep falling off of things. Right. I hate to say, but like we've seen him deliver some really good slams, you know. Mm-hmm. But that it, it was so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. But you know, it was what it was. He yeah. he doesn't have plans on wrestling anymore, even though it I think Tully like a, does. It was like a punch that was also a chop. But also it was a yeah. Punch. It was like a slap chop punch yeah. that was <laughs> none of those things. It was so strange, and I'm glad we kind of glossed over it and just kept moving. Yeah, but Got Tully it. sold it. Tully sold Tully it. Sold good, it. good on you, Tully. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, the reason I think one of the reasons it felt like a B show. Julia Hart, Jade Cargill. Yeah, Jade's the champion. She doesn't look like it when she's wrestling Julia Hart. Yeah. We saw an, an, a, 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 a dumbstruck Griff Garrison just outside the ring. And by the way, I still love the fact that the Varsity Blondes are a tag team, maybe almost solely because of how hard the Dark Order went in on recruiting Flying Brian Jr., yeah. but actually abducting Griff Garrison, thinking he was <laughs> Flying Brian Jr. because they right. looked so similar, and then they became a tag team. Yeah, But uh, Jade needs to be wrestling better women than Julia Hart. Mm-hmm. Like this, it There was a lot of things that didn't look good in this match. Yeah, when, so when many. you make Jade look like the ring general, that's yeah. you're not ready. It, no, and look, I like I like that Julia. One of the things I like about AEW is like Julia Hart is legitimately, I believe, a teenager, and yeah, she's already true. getting all this experience, being in front of the crowd, getting a couple matches. Mm-hmm. Those matches shouldn't be on the in the main event of Rampage. No, they really shouldn't no. be. And I get, again, I get that they want women to be in the main event. Yeah. Julia Hart ain't that woman. There are many right. other women, and that's something I'm going to talk about. And there should have been on Dynamite segment um, about basically how. They've got a lot of good women. They've got a lot of good women. Mm-hmm. But when you see things like this, it makes it look like it's a weak division when it absolutely is not a weak division. It's really not. Right. It's just, look, look, Sky Blue would have been better in that situation. She yeah. really would have. And much less, again, they've got, let me, like, when you go through this list of women with Abaddon, the bunny, like, Emmy Sakura, Hikaru Shida, uh, Jamie Hayter, mm-hmm. Chris Statlander, Layla Hirsch, Mercedes Martinez, Nyla, Riho, Red, like not Red Velvet, Penelope Ford, Ruby mm-hmm. Soho, Yuki Sagazaka, Thunder Rosa, Ty Conti, Sky Blue, Serena Deeb. That's not a weak division. No, it's really that not. Even count all the people they bring in for dark tapings and you know, yeah, uh, Amber Nova or um, the lady you know, that used to be the... in the Four Horsemen, uh, Marina Shafir. Right. Um, they've got a lot of really good women. A lot. Mm-hmm. Leva Bates is a good wrestler, and I believe she's about to get cut. And right. but she was just on Dark last week. They could have put her in against yeah uh, against Jade, and probably would have gotten as much of a crowd response. I think yeah. with this what they're trying to do maybe this, bigger. What 
I think what the the reason they just did it is because it was a way to have a Jade match and also mm. advance whatever they're doing with Julia. Yeah. Which, which my response would be, why are you doing something with Julia right now? Like all she yeah. should be doing is cornering, watching, and doing dark matches. She should That's be doing that for doing another that. another year or two for yeah. sure. And and I like Julia. I love that they, she's getting too. these shots, but this is too big a shot, right. too soon. And uh, yeah, that just that wasn't the match for the right, the wrong match, wrong show, all of that. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We had Andrade going looking for Darby Allen's boss. His his yes. and uh, couldn't find. Yes, yeah, Stink. Um, man, there's so many Sting versions out there with Stang, with Stink, with yeah. the actual Sting. By the way. I, I love the whole it stang thing early, overdone, clearly forced. They need to cut that out for a little bit with yeah. Tony Schiavone. I love Tony. I get he's doing what he thinks he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You can tone it down now, Tony. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Maybe uh, Andrade will uh, offer Danhausen some monies. Let's hope so. My God. I would love to see what Andrade would get after hiring <laughs> Mr. Danhausen, who already has so many jobs. The man works for A. He's getting AEW yep. checks. He's getting A and W checks. Yep. He's getting checks from everybody. Much less his YouTube checks. Yeah, this is going to be good. And by the way, other than like the Serena Deep growl promo, mm-hmm. we had a Thunder Rosa promo lead into a match. That's that's Rampage. We talked yep. about all of Rampage in like six minutes. Yep. Just match, match, match. Yeah. All right, so next up should have been on Dynamite. What do you have this week? I got a couple of things. So one thing was on YouTube, uh, they they had some post match promos with Cody. Uh, was a really was a very Cody promo, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Sammy post match promo, which was essentially what he did with the cards on right. Dynamite, but it was in person and he's still breathing heavy and that kind of thing. You know, we talked about like the, when you can get him when the adrenaline's still pumping, it's always going to be better. Um, yeah. and they even had a little promo with Danhausen in there. Yeah. About that was really his, good. What his plans were. Um, and I establishing like his friendship with orange Cassidy, even yes, more establishing his friendship with orange Cassidy. That's right. Uh, the thing I noticed about the Sammy promo was he kept talking to Sanjay backstage. Mm-hmm. Who I assume is Sanjay Dutt. That's what I'm assuming too. I don't I, know, but I, I think kinda, so. I kind of like the idea of them like acknowledging producers a little bit of like, they've been doing it with Jerry Lynn recently. Like, yeah. They go, Cap, you know, go capture comment from people. You know, I, I, this is the kind of stuff that I want to see on a live show. Yeah. Um, there was also a dark match uh, on dark that was uh, Pentagon versus Wheeler Yuta. Now I've, that's a good match. I've that's a good dark match. Pentagon over mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks about him being just a taunt machine. This is the Pentagon. I didn't, I didn't want to be the one to say yeah, it, no, but yeah, no, I'll always say it. But, <laughs> uh, this is the Pentagon that you like this is yeah. this was pentagon with his working boots on they still did the taunt spots but it was more of a moment and and if you've ever wondered why wheeler yuda is on tv this was the match to show i mean he he looked great it was a really fun match um just you know, really bad commentary though really bad commentary i wish i could remember exactly what made me think of that though it was mark henry Yes, uh, I knew that. You didn't even have yeah. to say that. Again, like a few weeks ago, I told people to watch a match specifically to listen to Eddie Kingston, Tony Schiavone, and The Big Show all bury Mark Henry right after he left commentary over his terrible, like, chicken cross the road jokes. I didn't write, I didn't, I just wrote the note bad commentary and I forgot to write down exactly what it was that he said, but it was something where Mark Henry had said something so stupid that the other commentators just pretty much ignored it and moved on <laughs> mark henry is so lovable 
with his smile, yeah. his 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 like main event, his whole main event line, right. that it's almost gotten to be a lovable type deal at how bad he is on commentary. And he tries so hard. Yeah. He really tries. And the thing is, is they I think the reason they signed they hired him for commentary was because he has a show on Sirius XM. Yeah, which I've not, not. He's not bad on that. There you go. So why is he so bad on commentary? It seems I, like I would sit him down and tell him, "Let these guys do the commentary. Right. Pretend you're on Sirius XM and I just think, talk." I think it's just the fact that you know the the busted open show is much more of a podcast type atmosphere. Like you and I yeah. might be able to do a pretty decent podcast, but we would probably not both be great on commentary. I know I would I, suck pretty bad. I tried it, and not not like Did professionally. You, I like I. Tr- not for, not for any company, but I, I was going to submit an application. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I I grabbed an episode of uh, AEW Dark, and I tried to, to record commentary for it, and I was not good. I was mm-hmm. not good. It was everything was moving a little too fast for yeah. me. Yeah, it was like I think I could do it after trying it for a few years, mm-hmm. you know, getting my ten thousand hours, but right with no hours, terrible. Yeah. Right, so that's which is I where Mark Henry is. That's what I think the Mark Henry thing is. I think I think he's pretty good. I think he's a really fun guy to talk to and a fun guy to listen to talk. But when calling a match, it's just not the place. Not the place. Kevin, I just had a realization. What's that? I don't think they're going to do this, but I would give anything to see segments with Dan Housen and Mark Henry oh playing gosh. off each other. I don't know what it would look like, but I really want to know. I really want to know. I think it could be ridiculous. Well, you and I, we we both we both have mentioned how you know back in the day being fans of like USA Up All Night, Night Flight, mm-hmm. and Joe Bob Briggs and all that. Yeah, I really hope the Turner TV execs just fall in love with Danhausen and give him a show after Rampage on Friday nights. Imagine watching B movies with Danhausen. Can you imagine? Right. By the way, I was once in a I was once in a short film with Joe Bob Briggs oh, called yeah. Wretched. Yeah. And he was he's really good, by the way. He was really good. The whole time I couldn't figure out is this movie like is this is this a horror movie or is this a movie about um eating disorders? Turns out it was a horror movie about eating disorders. Oh wow. Who knew? A little subtext. That's right. Um but the, my God, that would be great. I think you've got one more. Oh yeah. This was that you were telling me about. This was actually about a week ago um on YouTube. Um Forbes magazine did mm-hmm. a profile of Aubrey Edwards, the referee. I've not um, read this yet, but I'm really looking well, forward it to a it. Video, actually, it's like a oh. video on YouTube. Um, it's behind the scenes with her, her background in gaming. She's an impressive uh, lady. Yeah, she really is, and it um, it it was great because it went into her backstory. She came from being a project manager on video games, which is why she's on the AEW games mm-hmm. um, thing, and then also how she got into. Uh, wrestling as a referee and then she goes a little bit into what the job of the referee is and they have some behind the scenes stuff of her like timing the show and and going over matches with people and you get to see a really cool glimpse behind the scenes and the other reason i bring it up is because um as as aw continues to build their brand and get credibility with networks Mm -hmm. advertisers uh you know marketing reps and all that brands like forbes Brands like Forbes doing pieces on them that show them as intelligent, accomplished people behind the scenes and stuff is really going to help. And so I'm a big fan of it. It was really well done. And uh, she's a really interesting lady. I'm so glad they picked her up when they did. Um, 
again, she'd only had, I think, maybe two years in the business when AEW yeah. started. Mm-hmm. And she I be- she is my absolute favorite AEW referee. Yeah. And I think a lot of people might argue that, oh, you notice her too much and you're not mm-hmm. supposed to notice the refs. She adds so much to every every match she's a part of, in yeah, my she, opinion. She talks about how her background is a ballet dancer. Oh, and wow. She brought that into the refereeing because that was one of the things that she was fascinated by was how the refs use their arms and how they move around. And, and it really made me rethink when I watch her of how well she uses her arms and stuff to draw attention to the things. Yeah. She helps way, sell moves. Yeah. The way she so many things hand and things like that. Like she, that's one of the things she really gets into. So yeah, it's super interesting. It's on the Forbes YouTube channel. I'm really going to pay attention now to her movement and all these future matches. I have not seen that yet. I'm going to do that the second we're done with this podcast tonight. Right, um, what are your picks? So mine, I am t- I am stretching the this theme that should have been on Dynamite to the limit because most of these are not <laughs> AEW things. They're things yeah. related to AEW that I think people should check out. Right. First of all, I talked a week or two ago about a Reddit poll that was going around with the the, the top thirty six males in AW, and every week people voted for their least favorite, and that person was voted out. That same poll is happening again with the women of AEW. Mm. You can go to r slash AEW official to find it. The poster is Chris, K-R-I-S, 008, but it is going to be very near the top of the Reddit. And they've got, uh, let's see, 5, 10, 15, 25 women. And we're we're in round, I think, six. Because I'll tell you, the first ones to get voted out by fans. Number one, coming in at 25, Brandy Rhodes. She Mm. was my vote. And... Everybody went with it. Number 24, I'm kind of surprised she even made the poll, Kylan King. Okay. Uh, number 23, Leva Bates, which is a shame since we haven't yeah. even really got to see her wrestle much. Number 22, Rebel, um, which I oh. get also kind of disappointing. I think she's got a lot more she's to offer great, us. But I like her so much. Yeah. 21, Yuki Sakazaki, and number 20, Emi Sakura, who, if you don't watch Dark or Dark Elevation, you've missed out on a lot of Emi Sakura matches. But um, look, the men's poll got us down to two names, um, Kenny Omega and Adam Page, as the two most popular guys. And there are thousands and thousands of people voting in this every week. There's a, there's a little... I think there's 1,200 people have been voting, voted in the last oh, round of this, round seven. Pretty decent little sample. It's not bad. It's not as many as we had with the men. Those were closer to yeah. 3,000. But I, I would love for the listeners of this podcast to go and let, have their voice be heard in this. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see how far some people like Jamie Hayter make it. How, like how popular is Hikaru Shida compared mm-hmm. to your Britt Bakers? I'm really interested to see. So I think that's something everybody should go check out. So each week you're picking who is your least favorite. So yeah. each week. It's really every or each, like, or each each every round. couple each round yet yeah, each, each round, round lasts one like person gets dropped off yeah exactly yes. and um i believe the next round is going to be done in maybe 12 hours probably around the time this goes live but that still gives like 20 rounds for everybody to get in on um beyond that there's two other things number one and that is danhausen you need to go to danhausen's um to danhausen's uh youtube um, which is uh, love that Danhausen, I think. Yes, love that Danhausen, and he has a he has a post uh, from Saturday, I believe, which is A and W sent Danhausen a bunch of things where Danhausen believes he has his like 
introductory to AEW gift box, his like onboarding <laughs> box, and he's going through. He's like, wow, they have restaurants too? That's and like, genius. it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal as he goes through his uh, his onboarding package from A&W. You have and, to love this guy. Yeah. And then finally, something that I did not realize existed, and I'm really disappointed I didn't know this until this weekend. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to this yet. But I think you'll understand why I think everybody needs to know about this. And that is there's a major podcast called Conan Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. It's a great podcast. Mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien, his guest in April 14th, 2021, was Danhausen. The name of the episode is Fanhausen. Danhausen, an indie worker who's never been in a major promotion, and I'm not counting ROH as a major promotion, yeah. got himself on the Conan O'Brien podcast. Yeah. There's nobody from WWE on this podcast. There was nobody at the time from AEW. It was just Danhausen. And that right there, along with the fact he was the number one seller, I think outside of AEW mer- official merch mm-hmm. for the year on Pro Wrestling Tees tells you one of the reasons I, I don't think Tony Khan had much of a choice but to sign him because right. Danhausen makes things happen and he moves merchandise. Um, just yep. watching him visit the pro wrestling tea store mm-hmm. and go over all the people who he found in the store that weren't him, such as Chris Judas, Pepsi man. It was absolutely phenomenal. Just going through his take on all these wrestlers. And I can't wait to hear him refer to Chris Jericho as Chris Judas live on the air. Yes. And I hope it happens very, very soon. Yeah. It's going to be, like I said before, this is a nice bookend because it, I'm nervous because I'm nervous for him because I want him to do so well. Yeah. And we have never seen him. We've never seen what Danhausen can do in front of a crowd, really. Because And with support, like a network right. behind him, helping him right. make videos and yeah. helping like kind of game plan scripts and things like that. But he signed to ROH right at the beginning of the pandemic. So he didn't even yeah. have crowds then, you know. Yeah. So we don't know. We don't know how a 6,000-seat arena or a 10,000-seat arena is going to react to him. You know? Imagine so. the first time he, like the screen goes into like the black and white swirl with the Danhausen face right. on dynamite, and he walks out. Because, like, look, I know maybe half that arena or a third knew who he was, and they cheered enough to get other people cheering. Yeah. But by now, I think everybody's on YouTube, and they've looked him up, and they've seen who he is. Yes. I think it's going to be a huge pop the first time we see him come out yeah. for an actual show. So do you bring him out to the uh, scary horror show host music, or does he come out to tequila, as he is known to do in some of the indies? I That's a great question. I think I would rather him come out to, like, the – kind of like the spooky Scooby-Doo type music. And I mm-hmm. saw that uh, the guy that, that – I can't remember his name. The guy that makes all the AEW music. Yeah, Ruckus posted something today okay. oh, about okay. Dan. So he's working on something. Yeah. Um, I, w- I mean, I wouldn't hate it if it was a version of Tequila – Mm-hmm. But I think maybe the one thing we don't really need is Danhausen doing the Pee Wee Herman dance not yet. in the Someday. ring. Not yet. One day, exactly, but not this early. He needs to establish yeah. himself first. Yeah, he's got to start from the beginning with everybody. Got to in- introduce the teeth, all that stuff. Yeah, I, exactly. The jar of teeth. Oh my God, he gets all these AEW glasses, A and W yeah. glasses, and he's like, he's assuming these are for his teeth, but right. he can't figure out why they didn't include oh lids. See, yeah, and and, and then he determines, a, oh, the got, big one, the big one is clearly for the bubbly from Chris yeah. Judas. Oh, oh my God, he's he, the guy, but he's really got A and W root beer company tweeting about him. Yeah, 
he and, he put out a job yeah. application and they said yes, you're hired. Job application is amazing. Yeah. And he's like, I'm back. I'm on TV again. Yeah. Dan Housen's on TV because he got signed by A&W, who he clearly thought was AEW. Yeah. And you see that confusion in his head as he's reading their intro letter from A&W restaurants. Restaurants? They have, they have restaurants, too? Oh, no. Did you just freeze, my friend? Y'all, Kevin Ely just froze on me. I'm, I'm assuming he'll be right back. I'm going to talk for a second while he's working on getting back and getting unfrozen. He is, uh, either way, can you tell we're excited about Danhausen? Can you tell? Because we are both excited about Danhausen. And it's not excitement like, oh, this is going to blow up. Like, it's not the CM Punk Brian Danielson excitement. It's the excitement of the unknown. It's the excitement of a guy who we could get absolutely anything from. And I think that's where the real excitement that Kevin and I have about Danhausen is from is the fact that anything can happen. I think you're there with me, right, Kevin? Yeah, I glitched out for a second. Sorry about that. I told everybody, like, look, Kevin's disappeared on us. He'll be right back. And I was basically saying, like, look, there's the CM Punk Brian Danielson excitement where we know we have an idea of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And with Danhausen, it's not that. It's the fact that it could be anything. Mm-hmm. And we're just giddy at, at the possibilities. I can't wait for the fights. It's <laughs> the fight. That's the thing. All of the talk, we haven't even talked about who we'd like to see him wrestle or anything. Oh, yeah. Because there's you so wait, much outside of the ring. Goes, you wait until he goes. Uh, across a commercial break with Adam Cole and see people's heads explode. Oh my God. By the way, there's a built-in feud with the ass boys. Basically he created the ass boys before he was ever signed to AEW. Yeah. And now when they said he signed, they're like, our lives are ruined. Like that has to be an early feud. And the thing is they're currently involved in a tag team championship feud that now Danhausen, I feel like has to get involved in. Yes. I hope so. I hope so. But yeah, that's all of my should have been on dynamite. So now we've got uh we got some previews to look forward to. And this is we got some really good matches coming up this week. Want to share them with us, Kevin? Yeah, next week on Dynamite. We are in Chicago again. Uh it's been what, 4 months? I think so. In Chicago. It seems um, like it's just weeks. It moves it so fast. Like and apparently the, a lot of the ticket holders think it's weeks because I guess they haven't sold it out yet. But oh, wow. hopefully they will uh, because – so it's CM Punk versus MGF, first time ever. That's big. That's so big. match in years probably. Yeah. And it's, again, uh, it's a match that we hear like that not just – it's not just the WWE's paying attention. We hear mm-hmm. from Fox and USA Network that they like yeah. stop what they're doing and listen when MJF – is cutting promos with CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be huge. No idea. I can't even. I'm. I, I like to fantasy book, and I can't even think of how I would do it. I just uh, don't think it's going to be a clean finish. No. Beyond that, no clue. And I just want to see what they give us next week. I I do think it would be time for Punk to lose in Chicago, though, because they because he's had a you know. Yeah. I could totally see him losing Chicago. And see, and and, and MJF is the guy to really pull one over on him. Yeah. If you're going to do it, that's the time to do it. Next match, we got Ruby Soho versus Nyla Rose, which uh, that's a good match. That's just a really good match amongst two of the t- two people who should be in the top five in the women's division. Yeah, that should be good. They built that up pretty well. Um, but one side note, yeah. I love Nyla Rose's little cutaway promos. 
for some, you know, when they do the little video promos where they're just the pre-cut interviews and they mm-hmm. cut back and forth between the two people. Yeah. Nyla Rose never fails to crack me up and I can't remember. I, I can't even put my, you can't remember what it was. There's something about her. There was, there was something where she said something that she was going to throw someone in the goddamn trash. That was just hilarious. Anyway, Kevin, I was about to give you an example of one of my favorite one of my favorite Nyla Rose promos. People are going to think I'm insane. Mm-hmm. And then I realized what I was about to describe is a promo that I dreamed. And I only just realized I dreamed <laughs> a Nyla, Nyla Rose promo because somebody came apart, like into pieces. And I'm like, I, I don't think that happened on Dynamite, come to think of it. I don't think anyone was stripped to pieces. And uh, so now I've got to really start thinking deep about my life. What's causing me to have Nyla mm-hmm. Rose, Vicky Guerrero, and some third party promo videos happen when I'm asleep, hmm. I'm disturbed. So I know you should be as well. Yeah. I'm going to think about that tonight. Okay. So then <clears throat> also in dynamite, we have pack and Penta versus Malachi black and Brody King, which is super intriguing. I'm so excited. I'm so all three, like the Ruby Nyla, like that's it's, you don't want to say filler, but that's solid. That's right. a solid B match. Yeah. Like this, We've got Punk and MJF, Pack and Penta House of Black. Man, that's straight up. That's hot fire that I'm excited for. Yeah, yeah. Both from being a great match and also who knows what could happen. Yeah. Um, and then that's it. That's all they promoted for Dynamite next week. Now, in two weeks, we've got Adam Page and Lance Archer in a Texas death match for the world title. That's a, that's a big that one right there. All over the place. I think, yeah. I think that'll be a fun brawl. Um. So on Rampage this week, the first match we got, we got Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez. Mm-hmm. I think people are excited about that. Like, there hasn't yeah. been that much of a build, but I know I'm excited for it, and I think everybody's going to be excited to see really where Mercedes Martinez is. Mm-hmm. And we know this isn't going to be a bad match. There's no way. They've really presented Martinez really well with the with the little promos they've given her and stuff. I felt yeah. like she's, she comes off as cooler and more of a badass now than she even did. I think so. NXT, yeah. And then, yep. go ahead. The very important FTW title will be defended by Ricky Starks against Jay Lethal, which should be a great match. That's that's a that's a really good match that I'm not as excited for as I should because I know when it happens, I'm going to love right. it. It's going to be great. It's a great B show match. But it kind of brings me back to like again when they signed Jay Lethal, I'm like good for Jay Lethal. I love Jay Lethal. And I don't think I still don't think Jay Leno, Jay Lethal, Jay Leno. I still don't think Jay Lethal has ever been used to his full potential. Like we saw glimpses of it in Impact with his Ric Flair promo. Mm-hmm. The fact that that is easily the most watched pr- promo or video in Impact history. I watch it at least once every six months. Yeah, and but he's older now, and it's like we we haven't really seen him do much other than kind of replace Leo Rush as one of the dozen big brothers of Dante Martin it makes you wonder should they have signed Jay Lethal even though like every I get I totally get why Tony Khan wanted to do it I liked it I think everybody kind of liked it but everybody I think everybody kind of thought on the down low mm-hmm. do you really need Jay Lethal yeah and I think they want a real solid main event i hate Mm african-american and i think jay jay lethal isn't he's a great wrestler but he's a little older but he's not quite like a christian who you bring back to be like this inspiring right um role model or you know it's it's a weird it's a weird position 
because of his history in ROH and how he came up through there, I think he was able to find a place where he could be that guy. And he was yeah. a great champion for them when he had his big run. But I don't think there's – I can't think of any other place that he could be that person and be at that level. So, yeah. you know, just straight up Jay Lethal, right? So after Impact, he really should have spent <laughs> some time figuring out how to merge that Ric Flair impression slowly into, into his, his actual character personality and he would have have a little more flamboyance and a little more character right now he's just a really good wrestler and i don't they have and like you said with jerry gargano they got plenty of those feel free to email in hit me up on twitter at peppermint fatty everywhere hit me up wherever slide into my dms on twitter ladies if you know the answer to this i'm tr- there was a match a few years ago it feels like it was in wwe but i know it wasn't in wwe where Jay Lethal was in a match with somebody and he kept getting hit in the head. And every time he got hit in the head, he would go from being Jay Lethal to being the macho man, Randy Savage. Cause we're talking about the Ric Flair thing, but he also did an amazing Randy Savage. Yeah. Black machismo. Exactly. And I can't remember who he was wrestling in this match, but he kept going back and forth between black machismo and Jay Lethal. It was a great little gimmick and it was a good match. But I cannot yeah. remember for the life of me who it was. <laughs> Maybe they should spin Jay Lethal yeah. off with Matt but, Hardy for a little bit. Yeah. All that being said, this match is good. This is going to be a great match. This is going to be a phenomenal match for a belt nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm hoping that spins into a bigger deal where he's having to take on the entire you know team Taz and he has to make some alliance. For whatever reason, I'm just going to throw out right now that while I've been talking, I realized I would love to see, like, I'd love to see an argument break out in AEW amongst former ROH champions that leads to a match between him and Brian Danielson, because my God, could that be a 60-minute banger? That would be a fantastic match, actually. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. I'm really excited for it. We're only a few days away right now as this podcast airs from this Dynamite. And I think we're going to have a really good show. You can already tell next week and the week after because I have to think they're going to try and stack that show with Adam Page versus Lance Archer as well. Everybody. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash fightgamemedia. Check out fightgamemedia.com for all your boxing, MMA, pro wrestling needs. Follow me everywhere at Peppermint Fatty on TikTok, where I'm gaining followers fast, despite only having two videos. <laughs> Throw an X on either end of that because some some little... Mm, somebody got Peppermint Fatty, and I'll never forgive them for it. And uh, Kevin, where can everybody check you out at? At Kevin Ely, E-L-Y is how you spell that last name. And that's where I am on pretty much all the platforms. If you want to talk wrestling, uh, the best place to find me is the Fight Game Media Facebook group uh, and uh, on Twitter. You've been adding a lot of really good topics to the Fight Game Media group. I've got to tell you that on Facebook. I've been been loving seeing all your posts lately. So, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Boomhausen, and I hope you check us back out next week right here on Fight Game Media. Have a great week, everybody.